Welcome to our weekly devotion. I wanted to talk to you today about discipline. And here's how it came up. I was just in a question and answer, a public question and answer at Phoenix Seminary. And we had about 55 people sign up and they could submit questions and then ask them during the the time together. And it was generally the topic was a problem of evil. Why is there evil or suffering in the world? And I noticed that it comes back for many Christians to where is God? Has God forgotten me? Why is he letting these bad things happen to me? As if God's kind of standing back and some bad things are happening. The implication is either that God isn't paying attention or he doesn't care, all of which are false things and shouldn't be said of God. We should immediately, if we find that attitude coming up in us, catch ourselves and realize that bad attitude, the fact that those are the thoughts that come out of us is precisely why we're going through what we're going through. Let me explain what I mean. It isn't that God's forgotten or can't do anything. It's that God disciplines those he loves. And so we find this in Hebrews 12, 6, but it's also quoting from Proverbs specifically for uh, six here, 12, six, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. So that's the New Testament quoting the Old Testament, which is, I think really just a general revelation principle. We would know this as either children or parents. Now I know a lot of people have very poor human fathers. And so it's just not a good model in that sense. And I'm not asking you to think about what your human father did. I'm asking you to think about what does a good father, a good human father do? You can, everyone can think about that, regardless of what human fathers were like. And the idea is that a human father who's good wants his child to grow up with a good character. And sometimes it requires discipline. And so it says in seven, if you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits and live? So you think about that. I mean, we recognize maybe when we're in a good attitude, we recognize our human fathers mean the best for us if they're disciplining us. But we're so quick to complain about God and our life circumstances. And, and really, maybe what it is, is what we maybe call the teenager attitude, right? Teenagers are, are complaining and, and thinking, oh, you hate me. And uh, I never asked to be born and all these things against their parents. And we continue that in life toward God. And that's one of the kinds of things, one of the attitudes that we need to have checked in us in order to say, well, wait a minute, God is sovereign. God's in control. And I know he's perfectly good. I know he perfectly cares for his children. And so what we're going through is underneath that umbrella, even though I don't understand the particulars of it, I put myself in the hands of God and I trust myself to his care because there can be no greater care. And I know that, that he'll help me to understand. I'll pray that he'll ask the Holy Spirit to enlighten my mind that I can understand what I'm going through and therefore uh, grow in my knowledge of God, even through very difficult things. And there's no doubt that life has difficult things. But, but I, the attitude I noticed was, if God cared about me, I wouldn't go through difficult things. But I am going through difficult things. And so, I, so where's God? Rather than saying, you know what? In this life, I'm going to have sin. And that sin needs to be worked out of me. And God's going to do that in his perfect providence in a way that's perfectly uh, formed to my life. Could it be done better? Perfect teacher, perfect guide. And instead of being upset or complaining, I'm expecting that. I know that's how life works out. 
rather than thinking, no, I should have an easy life, a life without any suffering at all. This also reminds me of Psalm 73, where Asaph notices that about the unbelievers, how many of them have such easy life. The rich unbelievers have such easy lives with no suffering. But he says, look, I'm pious, I'm righteous, but I suffer all the time. And it's that very attitude he has to repent of. So this question and answer time today with Phoenix Seminary and, and just this general question from Christians, why does God, where is God in my suffering, bring us back to thinking about the reality of biblical discipline in our lives and humbling ourselves before that and in doing that, getting to come to a greater joy of the Lord. I wonder if that's really what, what we need to wrestle with. Do we really enjoy knowing God? If we don't enjoy that, then we won't want to be disciplined. But if we do enjoy knowing God, then even the disciplining will increase that knowledge of God. So that's the challenge for us. Where do we find our joy? Where do we find the, the really the meaning, the purpose, the, the richness of life? Is it in something in the world or is it in knowing our creator and redeemer?